Welcome back, everyone, to episode 10 of Blood on the Dice. Double-digit episodes. No deaths yet. Did I jinx it? Maybe. In the meantime, feels like a good opportunity to remind everyone what the rules of this show are. Once a player character dies, that is it for them. There are no revives, no do-overs. Just the sweet release of their newfound lack of podcast obligations. Rest assured, though, if and when that does happen, the adventure will continue, with new players brought into the fold to replace our dearly departed adventurers. Although no one will be allowed to repeat the class of the immediately deceased player, or the subclass of any deceased player. So without further ado, my name is Brian, I'm the creator and producer of this show, but more importantly, I play Basil Quark, the pedantic artificer coming off a great moment last episode, so he's definitely due to crash back down to Earth. I'm Camille, my character is Pebblesit. And I promise this time to remember to use Warding Flare, because I always forget. Um, my name is Jake. I play Cork Grizzly. And I must have been saying a lot of bad words, because there's a lot of soap in my mouth. <laughs> uh, my name is Joe. I am Borkuro Valdonada, the archer who arches arrows. Allegedly. Not allegedly. I do it every game. You gave me a magical bow that let me arch arrows forever. And yet you still spent like half that last fight running away. (laughs) Just fuck you. That's the only response I have. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm sorry I didn't stand there and let the undead attack me after I said we shouldn't go downstairs and fuck with the undead. But anyway, let us continue. On that note, I'm Alex, and I am your dungeon master, welcoming you back to the ruins of Argenvost on the misty slopes of Mount Gacchus. Inside the ruined manor of Argenvost Holt, you find that it is haunted by corrupted spectral knights, calling themselves the Order of the Silver Dragon. While some of these spirits are hostile and violent, others are more willing to share with you the house's sad past. The moon dragon Argenvost came to the valley to stand watch over the mysterious Amber Temple, a repository of evil power. He built his mansion and established the Order of Knights who would later fight off Strahd von Zarevich's invading armies. The knights were overwhelmed by Strahd's conquering host, and the body of Argenvost was dismembered and taken to Castle Ravenloft as a trophy. So great was the knight's zeal that even death could not end their bonds of loyalty, and they still haunt the mansion in the land of Barovia under their captain Vladimir Horngard. Horngard's mind has been warped and corrupted by his hatred for Strahd von Zarevich. He has set his knights to killing anyone whom they think might seek to destroy Strahd, believing that to do so would free him from this land and erase his torment. Some of the knights hope that if Argenvost remains, currently somewhere in Castle Ravenloft were laid properly to rest, his soul might be free, Horngard relieved of his hatred, and the knights allowed to find peace. You are now resting in the manor's derelict, misshrouded chapel, having just defeated the last of a trio of these vengeful undead warriors. From the chapel, you have what looks like a door out onto the grounds and possibly a cemetery. You've got double doors leading back into the mansion, and you've got two sort of spiraling turret staircases heading up. And from his adventures in the last battle, Borkoro knows that these seem to lead up to the center tower shafts and the manor's heights. Well, now that we have completed this pointless battle, uh, I'm going to go see what's at the top of these stairs. Uh, feel free to stay here if you wish. Uh, I will most likely come back down via the stairs. How, have we officially taken the short rest now? Nothing's interrupting it. Nothing has interrupted the short rest. Cool. No. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll some hit die real quick. Not great rolls. Not gonna lie. 
In fact, one might argue uh, generally poor rolls. So I'm at now uh, two-thirds of my health. So Basil is, he's looked better. Basil is surprisingly healthy looking, but magically incredibly depleted. <laughs> I would say like all like all the color is drained from Basil's face and he's just like hunched over heavy breathing. Yeah, I'm I'm peachy but but uh lackluster, I think. Fulcoro, hmm. I'll be with you in a moment. I just I oh my god. This is a good stress test for the armor, I suppose, but I it's not one I enjoyed. Yeah, that was a lot more intense than I expected coming into the chapel with just three guys. Yeah, those um, those knights were a lot. They, yeah. yeah, they were a lot more powerful than I expected. Perhaps you did not hear me when I said, hey, let's leave those dead guys alone. Well, it wasn't like they gave us much of a choice. We walked in and they attacked. Our previous interactions had made us think that maybe they'd be open to conversation. These ones were not. It is what it is. You know, Mulligan, no one to blame, especially not me. <laughs> Look, I just, my home country borders Thay. My people fight the undead constantly. I, I guess it's good to know that it holds up, but let's uh, let's maybe avoid any further conflicts if we can. This is about all I've got in me. Fair enough. But that said, Volcoro, I think you're right. I don't think we're done here. We do still have that tower to investigate, so... If everyone's ready, I race you to the top. <laughs> so for Koro, um, having already made this climb, you kind of know what to expect, that you get up a height of maybe four or five stories before the narrow winding staircase ends at a wooden door. You have been through this door, so you know what to expect on the other side is basically a much larger tower landing. Creaky stairs climb into a wooden landing with three windows that look out over the roof of the mansion. Uh, the larger staircase continues to spiral upwards to what looks like is probably the highest point of the tower. All right. Since I've already been here, uh, I just want to keep going up. We're all, I'm, I'm following. I just want to. Yeah, no, but Basil's is still behind. Yeah. He's on his way up. Wooden stairs climb the tower's peak, which has a stone floor and a 30 foot high pitched roof. Ravens roost on crisscrossing rafters, coming and going through small holes in the roof. Ten-foot-high, five-foot-wide arched windows are evenly spaced around the walls. Each window consists of lead latticework fitted with small panes of transparent glass. I take a look at the ravens, and am I the only one up there at the moment, or did they all get up here too? Yeah, I think we're close by. It sounds like everyone followed you. You are there first, though, so if you want to brutalize ravens further, you have no one to stop you. No. As a matter of fact, I want to wait. For you guys to get up there because I want to ask Pebble if she has any like food on her. Any food? Yeah, you know, something little like a piece of bread, maybe something. Yeah, I've got some scraps from from stuff I've been trying to keep on me to make magical treats. It's just literally crumbs at this point. That would be great. If you would allow, I would like to feed the birds. I I would even be willing to pay you <laughs> I think all of our money is ultimately quite quite evenly shared between us, so I'll give you this for free. The crumbs in my pocket. All right. Uh, and then I'm going to sprinkle the crumbs on the ground, like directly beneath the ravens. Like, I'm just going to leave this bread here. Uh, I'm not going to eat it. So if there's anyone else, <coughs> 
who would like some bread. Um, you know, I'm a good guy. Ultimately, I don't usually shoot birds unless I think they're evil vampires. So I'm just going to leave this here and I'm going to step away and hope that they get the picture. So since you've entered this high tower, the ravens have all been staring at you with great interest. Um, when you drop the few morsels of food, some of them fly down a little bit, sort of, so they're roosting on some of the lower rafters or maybe even some of the stonework outlining the high window arches. Uh, none of them seem prepared to fly all the way down to the uh, floor while Can you're still I there, though. Can I try to kind of, like, hold a crumb in my hand and reach my hand out and make some crow noises um, in an attempt to attract them i'm i'm considered like i'm i'm thinking animal handling check vibes um just i would have said that was uh persuasion okay i could do persuasion well that's a seven um yeah the ravens really don't seem to want to get too close to you they seem like perfectly ordinary ravens this this is this is barovia nothing is perfectly ordinary (laughs) that's that's a fair assumption yeah, especially since they're all paying attention to us. That seems very interesting. Look creepy. Uh, is there anything else in this room? Rafters, ravens, and windows. So far, this seems to be the only room you've seen where the windows aren't completely smashed. Probably a pretty amazing view from up here, actually. But, you know, they're, they're pretty dingy. You'd have to, you know, wipe them down. Can the windows be open? I mean, it's, it's just glass panes. They're just very, very old um, and set into... Until lead lattice work. Okay, so it doesn't seem there's anything for us here. Mm-hmm. Is this as high as it goes? This is the top. I I mean, yeah, it's this is sort of the high observatory tower, so that's what it would be made for. Would be. I guess you know, let's just to, like give the room like a a good once over. Look for any like secret compartments or anything. Yeah, let's make sure we don't waste our time here. Can I can I make an investigation check? Um, sure. While he's doing that. While he's doing that, can I wipe down a window? <laughs> yes, you absolutely can. Oh, I was I was imagining they were far away from us. We couldn't touch them. I was like, can I blast create water at the windows to try to power wash them? You can absolutely. Would you like to look out the windows? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. You guys look out the windows. I was overthinking Hi. it. My In my mind's eye, it was far away and we couldn't reach it. Let's wipe the window. I honestly, I kind of thought I kind of thought we'd already asked to do that. So that's on me. I thought, I thought we tried that already. I was fighting the urge to break the glass, honestly, you know. <laughs> to the north and the east lie a misshrouded valley with dark woods, a small town and a lonely windmill on a precipice. To the south, a river flows through a foggy marsh. To the west, between rocky hills, you glimpse an abbey perched on a snowy mountainside behind a long stretch of fog-smothered pines. Okay, well, that abbey's where we're supposed to be taking Arena, presumably. I so. So I, I want to take a quick second to update the map that I've been working on to include this, this new information. Mm-hmm. So this is our most up-to-date version of uh, Basil's map that we're looking at. Love that. Um, and also, my investigation check was a dirty 20. Yeah, other than that, um, nothing. Just a lot of raven droppings. Fair enough. Was there something about a marsh? Where am I making Yeah, the worst, that's um, that's one of our tarot things. We're supposed to find a marsh. Oh. The master of the marsh, those of whom I speak. All right, so perhaps that is a place we can go after we take Arena to the church on the mountain. 
We'll add that to the list, the ever-growing list of problems we need to solve in this godforsaken country. Very long list. People aren't getting their wine. People are losing their children. We are trapped here for all eternity. So at least we have plenty of time. Maybe not this version of ourselves, but our eternal souls, apparently. Oh, I'm going to have to do a list for eternity. Okay, well, it does not look like there was anything cool in this uh, room after all. The picture lied to us, and I apologize for my enthusiasm. Moving back down to the chapel? Back down to the chapel, and I guess out into the graveyard. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure we all agreed on that. Look, we're here. We might as well check it out. We do have a lot of the house we haven't looked at either. We do. I'm not saying we should end with the graveyard, and I'm not saying the graveyard is a great idea, but... I guess we're close at this point. We've come so far, we might as well see what's in store for us, but we should be prepared to hightail it out. Yeah. If I stayed in the tower, could I see the graveyard from the tower? Or no? Mm, I don't think so. It's it's too steep. Okay. Uh, so yeah, back in the chapel, there was the one door that you suspected led outside. There was a wooden beam fitted across it, sealing it shut. Right. Cork, I believe you are the strongest. You wanna <clears throat> put some muscle into it. Exactly, yes. Basil oh, looks yeah. over to uh Pebble like with utter shock that Vorkoro just admitted that Cork was stronger than he is. I, I have never said I was stronger than this beefy man. I I clearly oh. I I think I've put more going on himself in other areas, but I think he's coming into his own as the sneaky front man of the group. Say what now? Right, not the muscle. So should I do a strength check right now? Well, actually, it's not that hard to push it aside. You know, it looks like it was meant to keep... Well, I make it look easy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so really, it was just Vorkoro being lazy, is what we're running for. <laughs> oh. And also, pig dispense for me, Cork. <laughs> so just outside the door, a small staircase sort of wraps around that turret down into the cemetery. Tucked behind the mansion is a fog-shrouded cemetery enclosed by a seven-foot-tall fence of wrought iron. In the northeast corner stands a mausoleum. Are there graves outside of the mausoleum, or is it only the mausoleum? No, in addition to the mausoleum, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a graveyard, so there's maybe, oh, okay, okay. Um, there's, a, there's maybe uh, 15, 16 tombstones. Can I read the names on you absolutely can. Uh, so again, they're very old. No one's lived in this house properly for 400 years, according to the knights, the spirits there. So, you know, many of them are old and faded and, and tilted and broken, but among them, you do find a couple of names and epitaphs. Uh, the first one you come across is um, Basilius Cork. Underneath the name is etched, if only they had listened. Oh. <laughs> They totally get you, dude. They totally get you. So we saw a, a bust of Rokoro. Yes. And now a tombstone for Basil. Well, actually, just beyond Basil's, you also find a tombstone labeled Rokoro Voldenaro. Oh. Left to the mists. What is the epitaph say? Left to the mists. Oh, that's a lot better than yours. At least it's not insulting my character. Not is my name there somewhere? Yes, there is a tombstone for Pebble Soot. Uh -huh. Beneath the name is just one word. Betrayed. Oh, oh wow. You guys. Basil, what did you do? 
why do you assume it was me? Also, why do you assume any of this is real? That's for sure. Because you don't listen. That's why. No, mine is that you all didn't listen to me, and I died because you didn't listen to me. Yours is you were abandoned by all your friends, apparently. No, I, I, I don't think you're understanding. I clearly died heroically in the mists, and you died because you don't listen to me. Yes. Or, you know, at least I'm looking for Cork's name. We gotta know what happened to him. Yes, what does mine say? At the end of the road, there are two more tombstones with legible names. The first is Cork Grizzly. Great in life, terrible in death. I'm honestly flattered. Right, that's like the best of all of us. Good for you, man. Wow, thank you. This this even further makes me believe that these are like past versions of ourselves. Well, or something. none of yours have like any kind of compliments, right? I feel like yours implies that you became an undead monster, though, so... Maybe not, maybe not really a compliment. What, and what, what does the other one say? The last one, the name is Irina Koliana. The given epitaph is Queen Hereafter. Oh, I think she got the best one of all of us. And somehow the most concerning. Is it, is it insane that I want to dig in the graves? No, I also kind of want to dig in the graves, but that doesn't make it not insane. Right, okay, at least we're insane together. I mean, You know what? I'm, I'm with you guys on this. Let's start digging. Hold on. Well, let's talk it through. Because I wonder if we went back into the house, if there'd be our faces in there, too. This has got to be either. These are my two theories. One most logical theory is that the, the house is in many ways fucking with us. And that's scary. The other idea is that we've lived this life before. And this is just kind of a repeating over and over kind of situation where we're trying to kill Strahd in, in many lifetimes over. Uh, I, feel, I feel like it has to be the former because we've seen this place fuck with us in similar ways, like when Cork saw his body hanging from those gallows. But what if that was his end in a prior life? Right? You know what, Basil? I don't think you're listening I mean, I'm just spiraling at this point because this really freaked me out. And also, before we get too deep into a conversation about digging up these graves, do you guys actually have shovels and things like that? And are you actually prepared to spend several hours and a level of exhaustion to do it before we get too far down that rabbit hole? No, that 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 is a fair point. Um, I, I do not have a shovel. Yeah, I don't. I also don't. I have a Dungeoneer's pack. Does that come with a shovel? We're gonna we're gonna do a quick little Google search. I have a mess kit that has a cup, so I could be uh, kind of slowly scooping. Uh, let's see, I've got a, a crowbar and a hammer, so no. The answer is I no. Mean, I don't have a shovel. Can I look around and see if there's any shovels? Since this is a graveyard, are there any like four hundred year old shovels? Nope. Oh, and I'm sorry. Were these were these part of like the big mausoleum, or are those separate from that? Separate. So these are just little little tombstones lining the path as you approach the mausoleum. Very Disney's haunted mansion. Okay. Yeah, I, I I think this is just like some horror fuckery, and we should pay it no mind. Well, it's fucking with me. I'll tell you. Yeah. That. No, oh, oh, no. Oh, Basil is scared shitless, but he's he's gonna advocate that we press on. I'm kind of apprehensive, you guys. Now, where are we pressing on to? I don't know if we should listen. I mean. Do we want to see what's in the mausoleum? Because I'm, I have a sick sense of curiosity. I do as well. I think I, these these tombstones feel like they're trying to scare us away from whatever's ahead. 
and that could be a that could be a blessing or a cursed deterrent. But we're here. I say we keep going. Yeah, I feel like it's scaring me toward it. If that makes sense. You guys are leaving too much into this horrible things. We have wandered around and seen so many horrible things, and we have found so little, really. So, like, I don't think there's we can put a lot of faith in the whole. Oh, this is trying to scare us away from something cool, you know? I think it's just trying to scare us away from things that are going to kill us. Or it's just trying to scare us. And it doesn't matter if we get scared away or forward. You know what? I just convinced myself. Let's go. I don't think in this land is benevolent enough to scare us away from something dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Does not matter. Let's go. Here, where are we going? Into the mausoleum. All right. Tarnished silver-plated gargoyles shaped like dragon wormlings cling to the stone-tiled roof of this mausoleum. An eight-foot-tall, four-foot-wide white marble door set in the southwest wall is engraved with the name Argenghost. Oh, that makes sense. And I think we just found where we're supposed to bring that skull if we ever track it down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been enlightening. Maybe we should just head off to that abbey now, you know? I think I'd like to see what was in the remaining floor of that house, considering we've seen everything else, but... Yeah, I agree with Basil. You're such a completionist. So, back to the, uh, back to the chapel? Uh, yeah, back to the chapel, and then I guess up a flight of stairs to get back to the second floor we were in, and then head down. Okay, so... Is there is there more of the second floor we haven't seen, or have we seen all of it at this point? There's more of every floor you haven't seen you you kind of just were wandering around there wasn't much <laughs> of a methodical approach i thought we saw the whole third floor did we not um I, you saw at least most of it um no i mean you know the event led to events led to looking for a chapel led to finding a chapel led to finding the tower you know how it goes right well let's i guess let's finish the second floor if, if, unless people have uh, objections um, so we're walking back to the uh, house now? Yeah, well, it looks like the there's no other exit from the graveyard other than to go back into the house through the chapel. Okay. okay. So I, as we walk back in, I want to kind of like look up towards the, the like mansion as a whole to kind of like, because it just feels like eerily imposing i think and i notice this man coming out of that window that we were just in oh say what do you see he's gone now unfortunately i'm sorry you you saw what i saw a man in that in that tall tower that we were literally just in um are you feeling okay I I feel I mean I'm scared. Just saw my name on a tombstone, but would we should we go and speak to this man or should we avoid this man at all costs? I mean he he looked really fancy. Uh let us go. Yeah, I mean we've gotten so little from this place except for scariness and attacks, so why not go after this guy again? Uh because it because it might be Strahd? Just just off just off the top of my head. I I mean it didn't look drawn to me. Looked like looked like a man. Lots of hair. Lots of hair. I don't I don't remember Strahd having a lot of hair. But 
let's go. I suppose I'll go with the group if if we want to go check this out. I mean, do we? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let's. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're heading. We're heading back up. Back up to the aviary. Uh. Nope. Nothing. Oh. Honestly, this was probably as good an outcome as we could have hoped for. Yeah. So tired of going up and down these freaking stairs. Well, I've got some bad news for you. We're not done yet. Oh. Okay. So back back down to the second floor, and we still have how much of that to explore? So far, all that you've really seen at the second floor is the um, the gallery level overlooking the entrance hall and the gallery level overlooking the chapel. So you haven't seen anything down the north wing or the at least partially destroyed south wing. South wing? Anyone in? Yeah, let's do it. So yeah, on the south uh, the south side of the of the upper gallery overlooking the entrance hall, there is a corridor and a door. Shall we try this door? Let's do it. Uh, the contents of this room are draped in cobwebs. Between curtain windows stands a black marble hearth with a sculpted mantelpiece, above which hangs a framed portrait of a handsome, well-dressed man with a wry smile and a thick mane of thistle-down hair. Opposite the fireplace is a large bed with a rotting mattress and wooden posts carved to resemble dragons. Across stands a tall wardrobe, its doors hanging open, revealing a dark and empty cavity. The only other piece of furniture is an overstuffed leather chair that faces the hearth. Pebble, was this the man you saw? What? <laughs> I'm sorry. The the portrait, the portrait here. Was this the man when you she saw? She's looking at the portrait. I can only believe it is a yes, as if she is giving us a silent nod and a thumbs up. I was in a stupor uh recognizing the man. Uh, <laughs> uh yes. Yeah, that's him. So are we to believe that this is the human form of Argenvost? I mean, it's a guy who lives here, maybe. Is there, Alex, is there any, like, identifying information yeah. about this man on the portrait or anything? Um, give me an investigation check. Uh, that's a 23. Yeah, um, now that, uh, Pebble has pointed out to you that this looks like the guy who she thought she saw in an upper window of the manor, you're also recognizing that it, it seems to be, or at least very, very likely could be, the same individual who is depicted in in busts and in tapestry in the entrance hall. Well, that's unsettling. Does, it, does anyone hear that? Hear what? Basil like runs to to a window facing the front of the house. What are you doing? Remember, don't listen to things. <laughs> I heard. Uh, hooves. I heard, like, like someone riding. I think we might have a visitor. So now that um, Basil has pointed this out to you, yeah, you hear from outside the front of the house, you hear the sound of a uh, of a horse ambling along. A horse-drawn cart emerges from the fog and pulls up to the front of the house. The driver, by his clothing perhaps of Astana, hops down, relieves himself on the dragon statue before un the horse and riding off into the mist, leaving behind the cart and its cargo, a wooden coffin. Creepy. Is there a back door? So Vastana came, dropped off a coffin, and left. So, I have a theory. Someone knows what here? No, I think this is unrelated to us. The knights mentioned that if they died, they'd simply find a new corpse and return. I think this is a delivery to make that easier for them. Oh, how do we play this? Is there a way that we can quietly get the fuck out of here? 
Uh, not without walking by the corpse, but I... Alex, there was no other way for us to leave. Like, when we went out in the graveyard, there was no other points of egress. There were no gates in the graveyard fence, which was seven feet tall. So the only... Again, Joe, Joe give me some kind of intelligence check. Sure. Nine. Yep, you have not seen any other way in or out of the grounds. I don't think we should fear this corpse right away. I, I don't want to listen to you. I don't think that's a good idea. I think you're putting too much faith in dead people. I'm not putting any faith in dead people. I'm just saying whatever is in that coffin didn't spring up right away. So I don't think any of the knights have taken it just yet. I'm not saying we shouldn't leave here soon. I'm just saying I don't think we need to sprint out. Yeah, I think I think it's maybe a sign we're overstaying our welcome, but not one that maybe we need to like run away immediately. But now I'm so curious about this guy. I saw him in the flesh, I think. Can I think of like maybe I made a mistake with what tower I thought I saw him in and it, are there is there like another tower that I remember I should try? Um the module wants you to think you saw him was in the uh, northeast tower, not northeast. the center tower. Yeah, I messed up. For what it's worth to you, that the window, if you're thinking about it, um, roughly coincides with where in the house was the room where you found the, uh, the torn tapestry mm. that depicted the mansion in all of its glory. Uh, should we try to find that tapestry room again then? Yeah, maybe check it out one more time before we kind of head out. So we still apparently have some of the third floor and all of the first floor to look at if we wanted to. Sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, all right, let's, so third third floor is what the tapestry room was? So third floor, assuming, I shouldn't assume, is an effort being made to avoid Vladimir Horngard and the other undead knights? Yes. Yeah, I, I think that's prudent. So yeah, it's fairly easy to make your way back to this very large room at the rear of the house, which is number... Yeah, so you've definitely been here before. Can I can I take 10 minutes and cast Detect Magic as a ritual? Uh, sure. Is anything coming up? I, I'm, give me a second. Okay. <laughs> take your time. So... Um, so yeah, so the, the, the picture shows the mansion in better days under clear winter skies with snow-capped mountains in the background. The top of the chapel tower glows like a silver beacon. There is definitely an aura of transmutation. It's fairly weak, but definitely there. Interesting. So something transformed. And there's one there's one huge gash and, and part of the part of it's just sort of hanging down. They're losing a bit of the image from where it's been very aggressively torn in one place. And I assume there's still no man here. No. Argenvost, if, if you're here, we would like to help you. That was worth a shot. Yeah, that was not bad at all. Argenvost, if you would rather talk to your dragonborn, I am also here. Doesn't seem like he has a preference. So the, the, there's just an aura of transmutation around... The, the the tapestry as a whole. Yeah. Can I try to like study it, see if I can, you know, make it like an arcana check and pick up on any more specifics? Yeah, sure. Give me an arcana check. Ooh, okay. That is 
An 18 on the die plus that's a 25. So yeah, uh, again, no noting that it's very, very weak transmutation, you think it's probably be because of that, because of where it's where it's been torn. That's that's somehow the fact that the it's not in its whole state has somehow damaged the eff efficacy of the spell mm. or the enchantment. So do I get a sense that the castle has fallen to ruin because this thing has been torn? There's no way that the enchantment on this painting is powerful enough to govern the whole manor and the spirits that dwell within it. Okay. But there is kind of, there is some sort of enchantment on the image and because it has been torn is lost a good deal of its power. Okay. So th this is a this is a tapestry, right? I I was saying was it a painting? I was thinking this is a, this is a painting. Yeah. This is a painting. Okay. So I have a uh, a power that lets me create like artisan's tools. I I don't know what would potentially help me repair this painting. Oh boy. If there's anything that I could create to do, like there's a tapestry, I'd say like, you know, like weaver's tools, but like, I don't, I don't know if there's anything that I could create that would help me put this back together and try to repair this, this enchantment. Well, then I don't know what to do for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess uh, let, me just, let me just look up a list of like tools that exist. That's, that's one route you could take. Like, a, I don't know if it, someone else has, like, a mending spell. I desperately wish I did. I don't. Oh, dang. That's just, like, a cantrip, too, isn't it? Wow. Yes. Yeah. I don't have it. I have stopped mending in so many games and have literally <laughs> never once used it. So I stopped stocking it, and now look at us. Okay, so to, to repair a painting... uh. I don't see anything that immediately jumps out to me. There's calligrapher supplies, cartographer's tools, carpenter's tools, leather worker's tools, tinker's tools, weaver's tools. Alex, did any of those sound like they would be useful in repairing this painting? I mean, it doesn't really matter if you're not actually proficient in them, does it? I I'm pro I'm proficient in I think every tool. If you, I, I think that the closest, like honestly, at, at this point, and this is me not really knowing a whole lot about the the world of of art curation, I would imagine just a needle and thread would be the best thing to do, but still far from ideal. All right, yeah. Um, all right, so it, it takes me an hour to create these tools. So if if we've got if we got the time to do that, I could do that and try to stitch this together. I say go for it. We rarely get an opportunity to try to do something good, you know? True. Let me, let me make sure I understand how the my proficiency with this kind of thing works. Okay. I'm going to magically create this, this needle and thread and try to stitch this painting together. It's so comical, the idea that you can magically create the tools to fix this, <laughs> but you can't just magically <laughs> Said. <laughs> that one's a little bit on me because I could definitely have had mending. I mean, I could have too, but I. Okay. Yeah, like you just thought you think. Yeah. As Basil is looking on that, you hear the soft flapping sound of wings, but can't discern its origin. The single piece of parchment blows off the top of a bookshelf, spirals lazily in the air, and lands gently at your feet. 
Can I pick it up and take a look at it? You most certainly can. And I'm going to go ahead and drop something for you in the Google Doc. Cool. Should I read it because I picked it up? That makes sense to me. Okay, cool. Um, my knights have fallen, and this land is lost. The armies of my enemy will not be stopped by sword or spell, thought or fame. Today I will die, not avenging those who have fallen, but defending that which I love, this valley, this home, and the ideals of the Order of the Silver Dragon. The evil surrounds me. The time has come to throw off this guise and show these heathens my true fearsome form. Let it spark terror in their hearts. Let them tell their stories of dark triumph against the protector of the Balanark Mountains. Let Argenvoss be remembered as a dragon of horror, oh, sorry, a dragon of honor and of valor. My one regret is that my remains will not lie in their rightful place in the hallowed mausoleum of Argenvoss Holt. No doubt my bones will be scattered among my enemies with the coins of a plundered horde, trophies of a hard-won victory. I do not fear death. Though my body will die, my spirit will live on. Let it serve as a beacon of light against the darkness. Let it bring hope to a land wrought with despair. Now to battle. A. Dude, we are gonna go to Castle Ravenloft and get those bones and bring them back here because that man, sorry, that dragon was awesome. He says, the time has come to throw off this guise and show these heathens my true fearsome form. Do you think, I mean, we saw his kind of silhouette in the window and we saw his painting and we saw the potentially dragony form kind of flying around in the shadows. Yes. Is that his spirit? Is that him? I mean, obviously he's dead, but... That seems about right to me. If no one dies here, no dragon ghost sounds pretty good. So a sudden stiff gust of wind blows the piece of paper out of Pebble's hand and carries it out of the room. Chase? Uh, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'm going to chase it. Uh, make, a, make some kind of dexterity check to grab it. All right. Six. The, the sudden gust of wind carries it down the corridor and then through where this curtain, where you left this curtain thrust aside, where it then lays on some of the steps spiraling down to the to the second floor. Guess I'll keep chasing it, right? I can just go down the steps after it. Okay, as you, as you approach the steps, another little gust of wind carries it further down or seems like it's going to carry it further down the spiral steps. Give me another dexterity check. Uh, yeah, sure. This place is so windy. The rest of you guys just kicking it with Basil as he tries to sew up a painting. Four. Four. I, I want to be, I would like to be following um, Borcoro. And as we pass through that curtain, I want to take one last hard look at that curtain rod. I'm not telling anyone I'm doing it. I'm just doing it myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, nothing that you can see that's off about it. Okay. Borcoro. Yeah. Who has once again failed to grab this piece of paper as it flutters out from the stairwell and into the huge foyer. It just cascades right over the railing and down to the floor of the foyer. Oh, all right, all right. Going down the steps. Gonna get that piece of paper. Okay, give me another dexterity check. Dear Lord, being tested by a piece of paper. Twelve. Twelve. So down on the first floor, the wind grabs it once again and pulls it through this open doorway. Okay. 
Which open doorway? This one to the north. Still going for it. Gonna play the idiot card here. So running into that room. First off, what's everyone else up to? I'm following Vokoro. Okay. I guess, I, I guess I'm I'm still stitching away. I'm critiquing his uh, his stitching technique. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna go ahead and say that Basil has sort of wrapped up his little project here, and you have righted the you know it's all in one piece, but there's a very 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 obvious sort of jagged stitching holding it together. You know what? I did, I did what I could. It's flawless. <laughs> Well, it's not my best work, but it's it'll it'll do better than your armor. Yeah. S- oh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you say? Nothing. Uh, we should probably hatch up with them. Yes, I suppose we should. Do you know where they went? Uh, well, we saw them go out the door. Yeah, but I guess we don't know beyond that, do we? Oh, guys, we just split the party. Oh, we did it with very little effort, too. Okay. So- we're going to come back to Basil and Cork, and I'm sorry, Basil? Who did Irina stick it out with? Ah, that's your call, man. Okay, so um, odds, she's with Vercoro and Pebble. Evens, she's with Basil and Cork. She's with Basil and Cork. Nice. Okay. So let's actually we uh, start with you guys. So what's the plan going to be? Uh, try to call out to... I don't know. I guess do we do we want to call out and raise attention, or do we want to just try and like see if we can like we see them chasing the the people. Yeah, I guess like can we like you know make some kind of check to like try to track where they went? See if there's any like you know footprints in the dust or whatnot. I rip out the stitching on the painting that uh, Basil just did, and I pop <laughs> it up in the air to see if it uh, whimsically flies in any direction. <laughs> Please don't do that. You know what though. You guys will recall that the third floor is mostly collapsed. And yeah, there is quite a bit of dust and rubble in which you theoretically could see the last where the last set of footprints was going. Oh, that's much better. I track them. So yeah, if one of you would like to make a survival check to track them, as was as was Basil's idea. I feel like Cork is gonna be better at this than I am. Yeah, I would love to do that. I mean, no, no, either one of you can do it. I just yeah, since Basil brought it up. Yeah. Why don't you do it? Actually, uh, let's see. My what's my survival? I rolled an eleven. I did roll. I've got a. I've got a plus one. We we can both try and track it. Um, I got a fifteen. So yeah, you can actually see. Uh, Vorkoro is very very large. Does Vorkoro wear boots or is he just raw dogging it over the mountains with his? Pretty sure I'm dragon. barefoot. Raw dogging? I'm, I'm just walking without shoes, man. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so it's fairly easy to pick out the the draconic footprints and maybe the little marks where a tail was dragging uh back down the corridor to the spiral staircase that descends to the second floor yeah so i guess we're following after them then okay so you're back down on the second floor let's pull that up just for funsies shall we uh i don't i don't i know they're not on the second floor so why are you making us look at the second floor well i don't know if you know where they are i mean we're, we're in sort of a weird meta moment here um, so it's really not a question of where are they? It's a question of where would Basil and Cork and Irina look for them? I guess I, as long as we can follow the footprints, we're going to keep doing that. Well, but the if they can't do that on the second floor. Okay, that's fair. There's no rubble. There's no dust. Uh, are there any parts of the second floor we haven't explored yet? 
Um, so yeah, you've seen, again, you've seen the upper part of the foyer, the upper part of the chapel, and the two front bedrooms. And then in the collapsed area, there was just that one room we looked at. Is there, is there more to see here? Well, you know that this, this corridor led down to, seems like it was vaguely symmetrical to what you expected to the north wing. It stands to reason that a good chunk of that room is not going to be there. All right, well, I mean, if... I guess Basil's first thought would be to go check out the unexplored area, assuming that's where Borkora went off to. Uh, Cork, what do you think? Do we, where did they head off to? Would they keep going down? Would they keep looking through here? Should we check out somewhere we haven't seen yet? My gut tells me to keep going down. Should we, can I do another survival check or is it, am I tapped out of those? You can, you can certainly try. That's a 21. Do I have any inclinations of which direction? Do I see anything on fire nearby? <laughs> so you, you said you got a 21? Correct. All right. I just rolled a d20, just not really even knowing what I was going to do with the number, but it was a 20, but you got a 21, so I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I definitely... I mean, a 20 is kind of... That's it. It's it's this is your call. Uh, Basil's instinct is to assume that Vorkoro and Pebble are looking places that we haven't been yet. Do you know we were chasing the paper? I don't think that I do. Okay. Okay. So let's start here. Start with Basil. So just where where would you be going to look for them? Just just pick a spot then. Uh, the nearest room for where we came down. The nearest, the nearest unexplored room where we came down is where Basil's first thought would be. Okay, so let's talk about what happens in that room before we talk about what's going on with Vorkoro and Pebble. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Two beds with torn canopies stand against opposite walls of the, uh, with a tattered rug lying on the floor between them. Set into the far wall is a fireplace, black with soot. The soft hiss issues from the hearth. Uh, let's check out the hearth. There's a soft hiss. There's, was it like a recently put out fire? Or is there something there? Okay. Uh, Cork, are you checking this out with him? Yeah. Okay. As you approach the hearth, a small hissing dragon made of ash and smoke erupts from the fireplace, filling the room with smoke oh. as it beats its wings. Oh no! Uh, wow, is that you? <laughs> let's uh, let's let you guys just sort of sit with that for a bit, and we're gonna come back to Borkoro. Fuck! <laughs> um. Oh boy. So a twenty-foot-long table with sculpted dragons for legs stands in the center of this hall. The chairs that surround the table have backs carved to resemble folded dragon wings, and several of the chairs have been overturned or smashed to pieces. Suspended above the table is a crystal chandelier that glows with a soft white light. Standing in windowed alcoves are two life-size statues depicting knights with dragon-winged helms and shields. Rainwater trickles through cracks in the ceiling, flowing down the west wall and adding to a large puddle on the floor. Five sets of wooden doors lead to this hall. The doors in the northeast corner hang open. A pair of leaded glass doors, their panes cracked and broken, stand open between panels of stained glass set in the east wall. These panels depict silver dragons in flight. Beyond the glass doors lies the dark, misty room that appears to be the chapel. The piece of paper is lying very, very still 
on the floor in front of the door to the north. I'm gonna approach it. I'll approach right behind Rakora. Okay. Does this seem a little too coincidental to you, Pebble? I mean, it's creepy and weird. Well said. Thank you. Um, do I get the paper or does it go under the door? No, you can very easily pick up the piece of paper, but as you do from beyond that door, you hear sort of a low metallic thunk and then an audible groan. And we haven't mm. been through this door no. yet. Should we ask if it's all right? I mean, I'm, I'm inclined not to do anything until we have everybody back. So then let's talk about what um, Basil, Cork, and Irina are up to. Yeah. What are we up to? Oh, oh, good. Can we? Yeah, I'd like to. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for timing purposes. I'm not telling you how you must react, but in order to, to get some sort of objective sense of how things go down, I'm going to ask the two of you to roll for initiative. Uh, wonderful. Ah, uh, I got a 15. I run and uh, leave Basil behind. <laughs> Okay, so, so you're, yeah, Corp, then you're up first. Um, I got a about face and kind of be like, I think we should get out of here. And they're just bolting out of the room. And head where? Great question. I I guess I try to make it all the way to that. I mean, I don't, I only have so much. Are we in combat right now? Like, you're not in combat, but you're in initiative just because. You know, everyone's going to be doing things at once. So, yeah, I'm going to ask you to restrict yourself to, you know, a movement in action and a bonus action. Okay. D is for dragon, I'm assuming? Yes, I is for Irina. Yeah. Okay. Now, D is for don't worry about it. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to try to book it at least out the door. I Yeah, and then over to, like, this stairwell that leads towards the main exit. So down towards the foyer. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to say that you're taking the dash action, you can easily do that. Yes. Basil? I I guess do this. If, if Cork's leaving, yeah, I guess I'll do the same. I mean, I don't like our odds against the three of us against the dragon. Okay. You guys are lucky. All three of you, including Irina, beat the dragon in initiative. She also hooked it. Heading down to the main foyer level i think that's that's where you said you you were going yeah 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 see the dragon as this this sort of construct of billowy smoke and ash follow you at least as far as the gallery overlooking the foyer before he suddenly flies along due east and then back towards that spiral staircase and a moment later again the room is silent as the grave through the open doors to the west, you can easily see Borkoro and Pebble agonizing over paper. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, uh, yeah, you pulled that one off. Woo! All right. All right. Guys, there's a weird sound coming from this room. It's so scary. Seriously. <laughs> there's weirder and scarier things upstairs. So much weirder, so much scarier. Did you find more curtains? Rod. Uh, no, we found a smoke dragon, though. You found a dragon? You found an Argonbost? I don't think it's an Argonbost. I don't. I don't think it's even a real dragon. It's. It was made of smoke, and it seemed like it wanted to kill us. This was not one of those talking situations. Is it 
coming after you? It kind of disappeared. As far as we can tell, no. But I, I wouldn't venture going back upstairs. Maybe we should just leave, guys. Yeah. I'm kind of shook and would love to get out of here. At this point, that seems like the best idea, though. There is still plenty more to explore here. Perhaps we should do that when we come back. Plenty more dragons. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm opening this door. I feel like this note has led me here for a reason. I'm opening this yeah. door. Yeah. Let's do it. Excellent. I really like the idea that Cork and Basler are like, right, we should just go. And then Corcoro and Pebble are just like, boom! <laughs> This kitchen has been plundered, its tables overturned. The floor is littered with rusted utensils and smashed crockery. Narrow windows flank a hearth that look out over the cemetery. An open iron pot hangs from a hook inside the blackened fireplace. It rattles on its hook and bobs up and down as though something is inside of it. Is there like a lid on it? There is not, but it's big enough and deep enough that you can't easily see into it. This would definitely account for the sort of metallic clunk that you heard from the kitchen, though, or that from the dining room. Maybe someone's cooking something, Pebble. Let's take a look. Yeah. As you approach the pot, an, a bat flies out. Oh, get the heck out of it. It, uh, yeah, it flaps around the room for a while. It looks like it's attempting to go through that door to the in the uh, southwestern corner. And then instead it moves uh, through the curtain to the north. Ooh, the curtain. <laughs> you know, I thought we were going to find something like, ooh, magical in here, but it's just a bat in the pot, so... I, guess I feel like that's been our entire experience in this place, is... Why? We keep thinking it's going to be something, you know, cool and helpful, and then it's either just a room full of bird shit or a monster trying to tear us apart. So true. Do I see, I know this place is 400 years old, but do I see any edible food in this kitchen? Um, interesting question, actually. Um, give me, give me a perception check. Okay. A deep sniff. <laughs> that is a 19. So short answer, no, there's nothing salvageable here. Mm-hmm. But you get a whiff of food like someone was just eating in here. Oh. Like someone just quickly packed up a snack and, and moved quickly. Like the, the scent of food, but not the presence of food. Yeah. Do we get a, do we get a sense of where that scent travels to? Like, was it just that someone was cooking here? Or like, do we get the smell of like they took a hot plate of something and walked into another room? Um, so Basil, you're, you're hot off the success of a really great survival check. Tracking down your companions. Why don't you give me another one of those? Let's do it. Me and my big bad plus one. That's an 11. Weird that the bat just assumed that that one door would be open, huh? Oh, that is, that is weird. Perhaps we should check out that door. Let's do it. Oh, all right. This place just feels... It's, it's one of those things where, like... You know, you know how I would describe this entire ruin? Trap? Terrible. Both of those things, yes. But I was going to say, like, you have, like, a bowl of food, and, like, you take a bite, and, like, it's not good. It's, like, it's kind of bad, but you somehow you can't stop eating it. <laughs> oh, uh, like, dragon porridge. 
the little candy thing. Yeah, exactly yeah. like dragon corn. Like you take a bite and like it's you're like, oh, I don't like this. You take a second bite, I don't like this one either. But you just keep shoveling them in your mouth. Mm. Yeah, totally get it. Totally get it. Anyways, let's eat some dragon corn through that door. Orkoro's helmet is is lit up like a beacon, right? Um. I don't think we did do that. I think it just we said like my gauntlet is like glowing with like thirty. Oh, you're, you're carrying a light source, right? Yes, okay. we have a light source. Um, so it looks like you found the wine storage. Five barrels lie in wooden braces along the walls of this dark, moldy storage room. You see a shadowy bobbing behind the barrels along the east wall. Someone or something is lurking there. Hello. We we know you're here. We don't mean you any harm. We're just. We'd like you to come out so we could feel a little more at ease. Um, someone does emerge. The figure crouched behind the barrels is a lithe and sallow-faced dusk elf. Like the others of his kind, his features are angular and hauntingly beautiful. He wears a thick wool cloak with the hood pulled down low over his brow. Hi. Uh, my name's Pebble. What's your name, sir? That is not information that my kind gives out lightly. Oh, sorry. Why should I trust you with my name? You're the only other alive thing we found in this whole place, so I feel like you might be just as scared as us. Perhaps. It should suffice to know that I'm merely one of the old folk of this land. I make my home amongst my own kind near the village on the lake. Oh, what are you doing here? I have been searching the eastern slopes of the mountain for a missing Vistana child when I was attacked by wolves. They drove me here, but would not come inside into the ruins. Exhausted and in need of, of rest, I collapsed and have been tending to my wounds since. I, I'm sorry, your name wouldn't happen to be Casimir, would it? At that, his, his eyes grow very, very large. Who are you that you see Casimir of the Scarlet Woods? That is a long story. We are travelers from beyond the mists who have become trapped here. And we were informed that... Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the, the Vastana communities as a whole, but Madam Eva told, gave us a fortune that we would come across a a dusk elf living among the Vistana, and that we would do well to make friends with him. We, um, th that missing Vistana that you were looking for, we found her, we, we brought her back to her family. Well, I'm certainly happy to know that. Only a fool would sneer at a Vistani divination outright, but I am not convinced that our purposes are as one. To what end am I meant to assist you? But the fortune said that we were meant to assist you. Well, that's that's interesting. I the fact is is that I'm loath to share my ambitions. Do you have any any proof of what you claim? We have this deck of tarot cards that she gave us. And we know that you're haunted in your dreams. This is true. This is the reason why I am hoping to find companions with whom I can travel to more remote corners of this domain of dread. We're uh going to remote corners of this domain of dread. Perhaps you'd like to join us. I, I don't mean to speak in riddles, but I think you can understand why someone would be would be wary to trust anyone in this land. Oh, uh, absolutely. We assume everything we come across wants to either curse us, kill us, or offer us up to Strahd. Strahd. 
Yes. Why, which begs the question, you say that you are here to help me. I do not deny that I need help. Why is this something that you would do? Well, unlike most people in this cursed land, we are new to it. We have not been here for generations, reincarnated over and over again. We have recently become trapped, and we are by no means eager to continue that cycle. Don't, uh, don't tell the knights here, but I suppose our goal is to rid this land of the devil that curses it, so that we all might go free. To say you would somehow overthrow Strahd is like to say that you would pull down the moon itself. But I must admit that my own plans are no less ambitious. I cannot bear to share my contrivances with my own kind. To raise their hopes without promise of success would be the worst cruelty imaginable. Yet I do believe that I spy a way that the race of Dusk Folk might be saved. To do so would require I enter Castle Ravenloft, but that is the last of several steps. It's, uh, it's on our list as well, so maybe we can complete some steps together. Well, bringing back to my, my own immediate goal, I do not know what, if anything, you know about the unique history of the elves who make their home in this valley. I, I do not know much, but I know that I come from a place where elves are besieged by undead, so at the very least, though I may not understand the complexities, I do sympathize. It was many years ago that the devil Strahd damned my people. As punishment for my offense, he slaughtered every last female elf found in the mists, leaving the men untouched that we might live for centuries in anticipation of our extinction. Lastly, to mark me for my insolence, he did this. And at this, Casimir pulls back the hood of his cloak to reveal the tops of his ears have been completely shorn off, leaving disturbingly squared off flaps of scar tissue. I'm sorry, you said your offense? The the curse he laid upon the Dusk Elves was in retaliation against you? Yes. My sister Petrina had long been a gifted sorceress and lore mistress, wise in the ways of ancient elven magics. When the mists first gathered and Count Strahd was overtaken by the devil within him, his lust for power was unquenchable. He sought Petrina that he might torture from her the sacred and secret magic of our fairy ancestors. My people and I conspired to hide Petrina away, foolishly believing that there were places still secret from the devil Strahd in this valley. There is nothing left that can be concealed from Strahd in this misshrouded realm. He rode to find her as if riding into battle, armed and flanked by his lieutenants. What he found, neither he nor I had anticipated. Petrina was dead, killed by the dire wolves at Pontus Mountainside. With her died many ancient spells and secrets. As the author of the scheme, he will have me bear my shame, but for hundreds of years we have all lived devoid of hope, a life of death. My enduring torment has been my inability to give up hope altogether. There are secrets yet to be overturned that might save my race yet. My plan must, by its very nature, take me as high up the slopes to Mount Gacchus as the mists will allow. It is a treacherous climb across cliffs and ice to say nothing of the wild men and the other fell beasts and servants of Strahd who dwell there. I require companions if I am to survive. Well, I think you've just found some companions. I am gracious for your help and, and applaud your goodwill, but the, the ease at which you, you agree to such a quest makes me think that you do not really understand the dangers of this mountain. 
That is likely true, but is it really that much dangerous than anywhere else in these lands? It's not like traveling on down any road is safe. Yes. Great risks are required for us to make it out of here at all. So this is no foreign territory. And and Basil, I think that that's something about his demeanor right now really resonates with you as, as an elf who has lived among humans and much, much shorter lived beings. Yeah, he, he goes on to say, I am fortunate. The one resources that we elves still have is time in abundance. I feel no hurry up that cold, shadowy mountain. Should you have your own reasons to make the ascent, seek me out that we may aid each other. Once you have escorted me on my errands, I will consider myself duty bound to help you to infiltrate Ravenloft. Where would we find you to make such a deal? Amongst my own people, where we dwell just outside of Valaki. Then we shall find you there. You you say, though, that you, you have walked among the Vistani. You say that you, you have spoken at length with Eva. That's right. This is true. What are the Vistani of our hill? Well, as we said, we worked with them to find the lost child and help return her home. Have you spoken to them of me? We asked after you, given that we had heard of your presence among them and thought you might fulfill the fortune given to us. The Vistani who make their camp on our hill are bound to strive by ancient oaths. Do they know or have they suspected that you are at cross purposes with him? Suspected, I cannot say, but I wouldn't say that they know. Until until recently, they found themselves in a debt to us. And has that debt been repaid? By their terms, I believe so. I do not expect to count them as friends in the future, but not immediate enemies either. As I said, the Vistani feel an allegiance to Strahd out of ancient blood oaths made between him and their ancestors. While, of course, there are some Vistani who deeply love him and look to him as a leader and a master, there are others who only fear the destruction they might bring to themselves and their loved ones if they were to disobey him. But if we are to work together and they were to suspect that we were at purposes against Strahd's will, it would make things much more difficult for all of us. But when I am ready, I expect shortly later today, I was to return back to my own kind, and there I will happily wait for a word from you, for at least a while yet, until you come to me prepared to ascend the mountain. Then we are in agreement. All right. He's got nothing else to say. <laughs> You're welcome to ask him stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, he's had a similar conundrum to us in that he was trying to hide a woman who Strahd wanted something from away from him. He makes me feel like anywhere we leave, Irina is going to be not better than anywhere else. Maybe keeping moving is helpful, but maybe not. And it feels like anytime we've left her alone, things have only gotten worse. I mean, I feel like it's going to happen whether we want it to or not. We may lose Irina again. I mean, for some reason, there's still a guy out there with lots and lots of puppets of them. So true. What do you think, Basil? I think that safety is a relative concept here. Mm-hmm. Though Irina may be in danger wherever we leave her, she's certainly not safe with us, as we saw uh, only an hour ago. Yeah. 
But she almost got murdered by a crazy kid where we thought she was relatively safer last time, so... And we thought we could protect her, and she was nearly torn apart by skeletal knights. But at least, if she's nearly torn by skeletal knights, we have healing that could be administered quickly. Ideally. I, I'm not saying anything definitively. Just that I don't think we are necessarily any safer than any, than any place she's been so far. Yeah. Her part, she says, we've, we've now seen that the Abbey at Crest, or at least the Abbey, is real and within these mists. I can't say that, that you know, Father Danovich is a great man or even a sane one, but I do believe that he wanted what was best for me. And for whatever it's worth to you, quite from the moment that we, we passed through the gates of Alaki, I knew that that was a terrible place for me to be. Whatever, whatever contrived to, to, to make it so terrible for me, I'm, I'm just glad it resulted in me getting out as quickly as I did. I mean to make for that Abbey, it's possible and perhaps even to be expected that there is just, just more terror and heartache waiting there, but I mean to at least make an effort to go and be sure. Okay. That makes as much sense to me as anything else, and whatever terror is there, hopefully we can resolve. Yes, I agree. And then it'll be on to our ever-growing list of tasks to accomplish here. (laughs) I like that our newest task is to find out what kind of task we can do to get us to a place. (laughs) (laughs) I am sure it won't take long for someone to ask us to go up the mountain and do a thing. So true. Okay, should we head to the Abbey then? I feel like we've kind of... Yeah, I mean, I, it feels like we found something of value here, so we're not we're not leaving empty-handed now. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're leaving Argonvostal? Yeah. Okay. Um, the, the coffin is still there. There's no sign of anyone else or even that there's been anyone else. Just a coffin sitting at the base of the statue. Okay, I'd say we, we leave out the front, and worst case scenario, I do a turn undead if he's coming at us, and we get out of there. Works for me. All right, so yeah, you head out. Um, as you as you move past it, the Vistani's coffin is a pinewood box, not unlike those in the coffin maker shop in Velaki. A name has been carefully etched into the lid. Can we see what it says as we walk by, or do we have to get really close to look at it? You wouldn't have to get really close. You'd probably have to get within like five feet of it. I have a feeling I know what this name is going to be, but yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, I'm going to scooch over. All right. Etched into the lid of the pine coffin is the name Pebble Soot. It's not what I thought it was going to be. Did not expect that one. Well, now I want to open it. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. You're definitely not in that coffin. I, I don't think she's in the coffin, but I do want to know what's inside. Something that's gonna attack I'm opening it. I'm opening it. I'm opening it. I can't. I have to know. I'm opening it. At your touch, the coffin bursts open as a thick black cloud of bats erupts from within, shrieking and chittering. The swarm gathers and attacks. Pebble soot. Oh, God. Please roll for initiative. Okay. All right, let's do this. Oh, that's a three. That's a three. Uh, it's a dirty 20 for me. 19. Bats, a swarm of bats. Seriously, of all the things. Hey, you know, out of all the things it could be, a swarm of bats is not that bad. Have people tried hitting a swarm of anything? 
I'll take a swarm of bats over a vampire or another one of those knights. I'm not saying it's good, just it could be worse. Everything's relative here. Basil. Um, okay, Basil is gonna spring into action and immediately try to take a thunder gauntlet punch to this swarm of bats. Wow, I love you trying to punch a bat. I feel like that's really hard. You know, it, look, it's maybe not his best plan, but he has limited options here. So yeah, I'm gonna try to punch a bat. Okay. Uh, and that is an 18. That hits. Hell yeah. Four. Ooh. Uh, 12 thunder damage. Okay, so yeah, so you definitely you know hit the bats. It definitely hurts them, but but it does sort of alert you to the nature that this is a lot of small things that are, you know, aerial and flying and moving very quickly. Like I was saying. Think about Borkoro. Uh, hang on, I have a second attack. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, go ahead. Uh, which is a 17. That hits. Or 10 thunder damage. 10 thunder damage, okay. Wait, sorry, nope, nope, wrong, 7 thunder damage. 7 thunder damage, alright. A couple more bats... Still zip-zapping with electric charge fall to the ground. There's still more clouding pebble getting in her hair and her face and her ears and her mouth. Hey, um, I'm going to unleash my breath weapon in the hopes of taking out as many as possible. 13 dex save for the bats. 13 dexterity save for the bats. Nope, that's a fail. All right. Bats take 12 damage. Yeah, so a couple more bats now burn to a crisp fall to the ground, and the very few that remain flapping fly off into the cloudy afternoon into the woods. All right. It's been a very harrowing experience, which is also why you are so startled, because you were so focused on the bats, you are very startled by a horrible cry of rage as the blade of a battle axe crashes into Borkoro's back. <gasps> oh! I'm so startled by all this. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. Causing no. him to take. Oh, shoot. Nope. Wrong dice. I need the ones with more numbers. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> That's uh, never what you want to hear. Oh, God. Oh, Marcoro, I'm so sorry. I, I listened to the voices. I opened the coffin. 14 slashing damage. Isaac Strozny, his face contorted into a mask of madness and rage, lets out a horrible cry and raises his axe again. I knew we should have killed this motherfucker. Why? He came all the way here for why? Cork. Okay, I guess I rage and I swing my axe at him. Cool. Oh, 19. So close. 26 to hit. Yep, that hits. Four. 14 damage. 14 damage, all right. And then 25 to hit for 8 damage. So yeah, that definitely was a little bit more than he was expecting for his his axe attack to be fought off with two more crazy <laughs> axe attacks. Pebble. Okay, I am full of regret for opening the coffin and allowing Borkoro to get attacked uh, stealthily. So with a scream, I'm going to do what I rarely do and cast Produce Flame. That is a 24 to hit. And that hits, yep. And that will be 
a whopping nine damage, but it's fire damage. I will, fire. I will make a note of it. And I just, I just want everyone to know it's a blaze of fire that comes at him. Little taste of his own medicine. In the, in the honor of Rokoro. Not to be outdone, he raises his monstrous barbed arm and summons a fireball that he hurls right back at you. Oh. Um, fortunately, dang, I think he misses. Yeah, he misses. Luckily for you, a flame goes shooting right over your shoulder and we're back to Basil. I, I eat it. All right. <laughs> Love that. Uh, Basil's gonna like look to Arena and like shout to her. Hide! We'll take care of this. And gonna run at this dude and punch him in the face. Okay. Ooh, that is a 27 to hit. I feel like suspiciously high attack rolls. That, I, I'm rolling well. Okay. Uh, and I, I keep rolling high on the damage. So that's uh, 12 thunder damage on the first attack. Okay. Uh, second attack is an 18 on the die. So that's a 26 to hit. Yep. Uh, with 11 thunder damage. 11 thunder damage. Okay. Uh, and as always... He now has disadvantage to attack anyone but me. Okay. Or Koro. Okay. Put a max in my back, which doesn't make me feel good. Before I start unleashing holy hell with arrows on this guy, mm-hmm. I want to reach into my bag, pull out the Irina puppet. No, you don't, sir. You dropped that on the side of the road as you were leaving Velaki. Oh, okay. And I'll regret that. Thank you for the reminder. Which begs the question, how did he track you down? Oh, no. Are you telling me this is my fault? (laughs) Damn it. No one's ever going to let me leave this shit down. I'm definitely not. Because I dropped the fucking puppet. I I left the puppet as we left, and it allowed him to track us. I mean, this is just another in a long line of things that are for Coral's fault. (laughs) So, okay, then. Uh, I am going to use my action surge, so that's three attacks, three big rolls, right? That is a 22 to hit, and it is doing, oh, fuck, 14 damage. 14 damage, okay. Second attack is 19 to hit. That hits. And it is, oh shit, nine damage. Third attack is, fuck, 11 to hit. No, that's a whiff. I'm gonna put some distance between me and him so he can't so easily hack me. Okay, that's gonna be an attack of opportunity. Nope, never mind. I'm gonna stay exactly where I am. I okay. <laughs> hey, Mark. Okay, I'll attack with my axe. Of course, it's going to be uh, eleven to hit. Uh, no, that's a whiff. Okay, then redemption. Go, Cork. Another eleven. Does it hit this time? <laughs> Oh, Pebble. That hurts. All right. How's he looking? How is he looking? Yeah. Pretty beat up, but pretty intense. You know? Okay. He's just he's just clearly really off. Like, since you last saw him, something has really messed him up emotionally, perhaps. Oh. Interesting. Okay. I... I'll, I'll hit him with another produce flame because he threw a fireball at me. Ugh, that's an eight. That's a whiff. Yeah. Um. So then it is. Uh. Then it is his turn. So he's gonna turn around. 
first, and with a huge bellow of pain and rage, slash at slashes axe at Basil. I think he misses. Basil, no, an 18 hits, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, an 18 does hit now. An 18, so axe coming at you for 19 slashing damage. Oh, okay. And then he turns around to slash again at Cork, but he's at disadvantage, right? Yeah, against anyone but me. Okay. Oh, dang, the high roll was a crit, too. Uh, <laughs> he still hits you. No. For 17 slashing damage. Huge. Okay, this is my reaction. Yep. Which means I get to do D8. That's right, yeah, you can boost your AC. Let's go, Cork. Put that newt tail to good use. That's okay. My AC is boosted by seven. So does it still hit me? So, um, so that would make my AC at 30, 23. 23. So then, no, no, that did not hit you. How did you get ah. to 30? <laughs> this was cork talking. <laughs> okay, so I grab his axe with my tail and deflect. Cool. It's also at that moment that you realize, uh, Basil, Irina did not appreciate your advice and did not take it. And as he's focused on you in court, she manages to thrust her rapier into Isaac's back to avenge Morcoro. I mean, look, I'm, I'm happy she's helping. At least I'm happy that she's successful, but uh, girl, come on. <laughs> Another figure standing in the shadow of the statue also lets loose a bolt of flame at Isaac. And then we're back to Basil. This our, this is our guy, Casimir? It looks like it well might be, yes. Okay, Basil's gonna shout to the rest of the group, don't kill him. We have answers, We he has answers we need. Yeah, agreed. What, I wasn't worried about killing him. I'm not worried about him killing us. It's it's, it's like six on one, we'll be okay. Basil, was that, uh, was that your turn? Uh, or? No, I'm, I'm not, st- <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. Is it an action to say that? No, well, I feel like it should be something. What do you? What are? What do you want to do then? I want to punch it. Okay. I, I do what I always do. Punch it. But I just, yeah, I'm just, you know, part of my turn is I would like to say that. Uh, I get an eleven on the first roll. Okay, so that's a whiff anyway. Yep. Uh, and the second, that's a little better. I got a twenty-five. Dang, that's going to be a hit. Uh, minimum damage though, so six thunder damage. Six. Okay, he's in really bad shape though. Cool. He's in really bad shape. And a reminder of disadvantage anyone but me. Right. Um, Borcoro, you're up. Uh, I'm going to use some arrows. Okay. First shot is a 14. That's going to hit. 11 damage. Okay. Do you feel like you can shoot these arrows in a way where you can hurt him without killing him? Is he that close to death right now? Actually, I feel, he's looking really bad. Yeah. Are you taking the time to shoot him like in the cat? I can shoot him in the legs. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot him in the legs. Okay. So, yeah, he's down. He has been immobilized by an arrow clear through the leg. Looking really fucked up. All right. I'm not going to shoot my second arrow, but I'm going to hold it after ready. Okay. So he's he's down, right? Like, are we, are we out of combat? Well, uh... Cork would be up next, so I'm going to let him make that call. Does he want to take his turn like a turn, or does he want to declare that the end of combat? Um, I guess end of combat, yeah. Okay. All right, so I, I want to I want to take, uh, let's make use of this Dungeoneer's pack that I looked yeah. up the contents of earlier. 
And I want to I want to bind him with my 50 feet of hempen rope. I had a similar thought. I will wrap with the additional 50 feet of hempen rope. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Borkoro is going to ask very calmly, not in a crazy way, can we cut off his monster hand so he doesn't use it to cut through the hempen rope? I, you know, Borkoro, that's not the craziest thing you've said. Yeah. Is it attached to him or is it a fake hand? No, that's a, that's an organic part of his body. Mm. Oh, that's, that's so gory somehow. It freaks me out so much more than anything else you've ever done, which we've done a lot of murder. I, I would like to remind you that this man kidnapped Irina, hid her under his bed, and had a room full of Irina puppets. Volcoro, I as as loath as I am to admit it, is making sense. He is. Cork, perhaps uh, a swing of that axe might rid us of this monstrous hand? Um, say less. <laughs> <laughs> um, in one swell. Swell? Well, in one oh, swell. the moment's ruined. I just chop it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this got really dark. Okay. <laughs> A horrible scream of rage and pain. Isaac Strausen begins twitching as freshets of blood cascade from his right elbow from where you've severed a demon arm. Uh, I, I've, got, I've got one spell slot left can i use cure wounds to keep him from dying from this to like close this wound uh sure yes uh i'm gonna take his hand <laughs> you're sick this no, is it's... so disgusting to me i cannot yeah, this is... so... vomiting this got so dark I'm so fast throwing up on what is... the side I... what is arena's reaction to this <laughs> to, to you cutting off the arm yeah. I think she's it's yeah, it's it's really creepy, a little sad. Um clearly, you know, she's she's going through a whole range of emotions right now. You know? Yeah, like I don't think she has any love lost for this guy, but like I just you know, I want to make sure she's at least a little bit on board with our course of action here. I mean it's a little late for that anyway. I mean, bear in mind that when you asked her what happened between him and her, she wasn't able to tell you much. That this, oh, that doesn't bode well. That doesn't bode well. Like, yeah, that's that's definitely not a good sign. I'm just you asked me. I told you. So, all right. So I guess Basil's like, is he is he awake? Yeah. All right. So he he he's tied up. He's an amputee. Um, Basil's gonna get at his face and say, "Listen, if you want to survive the rest of this encounter, you're going to answer our questions." What reason do I have to want to survive now? That is your prerogative. All I know is that things could get much more painful than they've already been. You make an intimidation check. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't think I don't think uh, it's Basil's strong suit, but I'm going to give it a shot. Okay, intimidation. That's yeah, a flat roll. That's an eight. No, <laughs> he is not intimidated by you. Can I can I whisper to Basil also? If we figure out how to keep him subdued, and I take a long rest, I could zone of truth him. I could cut off his other arm. Maybe, maybe Cork should just try intimidating him. Maybe yeah. you should try intimidating him, Mister Charisma Guy. Uh, I'll try intimidating him, but I don't. I don't think it's going to go that great. I only have a plus two. Well, all right, seventeen. So I've still got the arrow drawn, and I essentially bring it up 
not to his head, but to his severed arm, as if I'm going to shoot it into the raw stump. <laughs> you said 17? Yeah. Oh, he got an 18. Um, <laughs> you, All right. This guy is He's so brave. Oh, my you're God. Kind of, you're kind of awakening to the realization that this guy might be genuinely unafraid to die. Or at least right. what you've taken from him has left him not thinking that there's much of a reason to want to live through yeah. this. So, I mean, you're welcome to do what you will with him. You know my rules, um, but <laughs> this is not going to turn into torture porn for its own sake. No. Fred, we're not torture porn. You know, I'm just saying you're welcome to, you know, interrogate him, do what you're going to do, but just... Be- Basil's threat was an idle one. He's, he's not intending to torture anyone. I would torture him. I mean, I just, I would love to zone of truth him if I had the spell slot, because then they could actually get some effective information and... Let him go or die, I guess. What are you doing here, Strozny? What do you want from us? I have no interest in you at all. I am here to reclaim what was taken from me. You mean a Nina? You mean a woman? You came to re-kidnap a woman? At this point, he turns to her, and he starts, he starts kind of pleading with her. Come on, you know me. You remember me. I know you remember me. I know you remember and just stuff in that vein. Creepy. Irina? Do you remember? You know this guy? Irina, for what it's worth, Irina's having an absolutely miserable experience right now. I don't think anyone's enjoying this. <laughs> I really, oh, the cutting off the arm, really. I, but, but she's just, she, she's kind of in tears. You know, this is obviously a very traumatic experience for her, but she looks at you guys, just, I have no idea. I have no idea who he is. I, I I know who he is to the extent that I know that he worked for the Baron and he lived in the Baron's household, but but that's. Are you talking about one of her past lives? I'm sorry. Is this what is it? Is it? Uh, uh, Basil turns to Isaac. Are you talking about one of her past lives? Is this more Barovian reincarnation bullshit? Uh, Casimir steps forward out of the shadow of the statue. I've seen this person a few times. He came to our village looking to meet with one of our hunting folk. He was asking about his dreams. He wanted to know if there was a meaning behind his dreams. What were his dreams? I, I don't know. He was, I imagine that he spoke to, to Savid as I did when I had similar problems. Strozny, want to enlighten us? If you're going to kill me, you're going to kill me. She is lying to you. She knows who I am. And if she doesn't, it is because of what you have done to her. You any honor, you will let both of us go. That's on the table if you enlighten us as to what's happening here. We have not done anything to her. You're going to have to trust us on that front. And for that, I will let you go if you release us. She does not wish to go with you. I have nothing so. to fear from me. And if she chooses to stay with us? If she chooses to stay with you, it is because you haven't you have frightened her into doing so. It is because you have worked your outlander magic on her mind you're not making a great case for us keeping you alive he's he's rapidly just deteriorating i i, I can see like that dying? he's ex- no no just just like mentally like he's on the verge of what we in our world would call a panic attack mm. this is so sad i'm really sad strozny we can all walk out of this okay if you tell us what you are saying what is your relationship to her she cannot tell us 
Yeah, uh, Basil, give me an insight check. Yeah, I could do that. That is a 19. Yeah, so clearly a lot of what Isaac is going through right now is because he honestly doesn't seem to know. He has some sort of a weird fixation on Irina, but as far as the question, who is she to him, he really genuinely doesn't have an answer to that. Hmm. Irina, what would you like us to do with him? I, I don't I don't even know anymore. I I I don't, I don't this is just as confusing for her as it is for you. But can you tell us more about what he said or did when you were in the Baron's manor? He just kept insisting that that he knows me. He kept on insisting that we knew each other, that we had that we had done things together and that now that we were back together I, I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't romantic. It, it wasn't sexual. But but I don't know what he thinks I am to him. I don't know if he thinks I am anything to him. But he's, he's just. I, he never gave you any information about what those things you did together were. He just kept saying those vague things like he's saying now. I mean, like ch- child things, like like playing, hiding, swimming. Um, way i feel sorry for him but also i don't know he's he's clearly he's 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 clearly not okay i don't know if there's anything that anybody can do for him now but if if you let him go you know i don't know if he crawls back to Bolaki. i don't know if he keeps coming after me i does he have the irena doll on him can i search for it no he definitely does he can easily pull it out of the folds of his cloak okay can i take it sure I feel like that might help. Like if we don't kill him, I kind of don't want to kill him, but I'd like him to not have a thing to track her with. Okay. Strozzi, what is the purpose of this doll? That is my property. You have no right to take it from me. I commissioned that and I paid for it. It is mine. You can have it back if you tell us why you made it. I had it made because I wanted it. You're going to have to do better than that. Okay, for the second time today, I just was rolling dice, and I don't know what I was looking for, but I rolled a one. <laughs> well, I guess it's just just when he bursts into tears. <laughs> that one guy at the beginning of Shawshank. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, now now we can't kill him. God damn it! No, I couldn't have killed him from the second we chopped off his arm. Cork is like ready with the axe. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, this is this is so weird and fucked up. I don't know what to do here. This is a uh, pretty messed up. Yes, I maybe we put him out of his misery. If anybody was going to just do something unilaterally, this might be the time to do it. <sighs> Basil's not advocating for killing him. No, me me neither. So, what do we do with him? Let him go, or do we suddenly have a hostage with us? Definitely no hostage. We let him go, handless. Maybe we just leave him here. Put him in the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad idea. Uh, this this is weird. I don't know. What to, I don't know what to do with this man. I we've already mutilated him, which was maybe. Not our best choice. I feel like when you did that, the idea of just letting him go really just was taken right off the table. Like that's. Yeah, okay, you know what? He showed up out of nowhere, put an axe in Vorkoro's back, and started hurling yes. fireballs at us without a word. So, like, I... No, I don't feel bad. Yeah, I don't, I don't begrudge us taking precautions against the monster magic hand. This, yeah, this is also a man who tortures children, and as far as we knew, 
kidnapped Irina, who he had secret puppets of. At this point, after listening to him, Orkuru believes we should let him go. Take his weapons and let him go. He is not a danger to us anymore. Uh, that does seem like our best option at this point. Okay, I think I'm behind that. Quite frankly, if he can survive the Scarlet Woods, handless and weaponless and downtrodden, then deserves to live. Mm. I have, I am so fascinated by this broken shell of a man, but there's not a whole lot else we can do here. Yeah, all right. I, I think we're headed we're headed back down the way we originally came. Get back on the road. Okay. To the abbey. Just, just uh, sh- are we leaving him here tied up, or should we untie him and leave him? I to would recover? untie him. He's armless and weaponless. At least untie him. Okay. Two two quick points. Mm-hmm. Um, you are rapidly burning daylight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you 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 basically spent the day exploring Argonvost Holtz. Yep. There's certainly no rule that says that you can't travel at night. You've traveled at night before, and you know, Basil with your, your, what is it, keen mind? Yep. Yeah, you're basically clocking the the Abbey as being about a little over five miles away. Okay. So not terrible, but it's not likely, it's really not possible that you're going to get there before night. And yeah, you guys have not, you're out of basically everything. Yeah. I don't think I don't think we want to stay overnight in Argonvost, though. Just, I mean, do what you're going to do. I just want to make sure that there's no surprise. <laughs> no, dude, that's that's fair. Uh, I I think this is a one of those positions where we have to travel through the night. Okay. But you know, open to suggestion. Okay, behind that. Um, as as you're leaving, Casimir asks asks you. He says once again, I plan to return spend the next few weeks, months amongst my own people. Should you decide that you are prepared to ascend the slopes of Mount Gacchus, I hope that you will let me know. This man is clearly an enemy to you, although he is nothing to me. What would you have me do with him? If he wishes to travel back to Vallaki with you, uh, I suppose we have no problem with that. This man is left to his own devices. I would not suggest that, though. I think he's a little off the rails. Yeah, I I would suggest you leave him here and let him make his own way, but... Okay, because Isaac Strazzi is clearly not going anywhere for a while. Um, And Casimir says to you, then I will also take my leave of this place. Should he, at such a time that he feels prepared to move, if if such a time ever comes, if he goes after you, that is no fault of mine. Is that understood? Of course, dude. Um, we're not going to blame you. Also, we 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 took his we took his axe. Is it oh. anything unique? Um, I think it's just your standard battle axe. Fair. So the plan is to travel through the nights to get to the abbey. Um, I know that was a really that was a combat light that was a fatality light uh, or risk of fatality light session, but I think after that that's a good place to leave off. <laughs> yeah, because that guy. Yeah. yeah, that was intense. I'm not taking. I'm not taking the heat for that one. That went to a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that took a few. That took a couple of turns there. 
I mean, we wanted more horror, and that was pretty horrible. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, in more ways than one. All right, then. All right, well, I guess that's where we're, we're calling it a day. We will pick up next time, trekking through the Svalich woods at night. Good. Uh, you know, hopefully next time we won't have to mutilate anyone and deal with any big uh, ethical questions as we dove headfirst into today. <laughs> if you enjoyed the show, you can leave us a five star rating wherever you're listening. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blood on the Dice for updates about what we're doing. If you didn't, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next time.